I remember when uh, I had just arrived here at Temple Israel a few years ago. Um, I had a conversation with the leadership of the Early Childhood Center. I don't remember exactly the details of it, but there was something about the kids and saying mozi, and should they say mozi or not mozi, or da 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 There was, I maybe can't remember some of these details. It's foggy enough, but what I remember is the result. The result was that um, mozi wasn't even the right prayer for them to be saying. It wasn't about mozi. We reframed the question because they weren't actually eating bread. You say mozi over bread. You say mozi over challah. These kids at snack time were eating bananas, <laughs> apples, crackers, I don't know, other things like that. And therefore, the right prayer to say is Baruch Atah Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Borei Minei Mizonot. Blessed are you, God, who creates all sorts of Baked goods. Essentially, it's the prayer for baked goods. <laughs> Fast forward. My kids are in the twos program. Guess what they came home saying a couple of months ago? I couldn't quite make it up because some of their language is not a as clear, you know, they're only two. But I realized eventually what they're saying is, Baruch Adonai, Borei mi name is onot. I was stunned. And then I remembered this conversation way back when, several years ago, about how we should raise the next generation to give thanks before eating, to pause and consider the role that God and others play in nourishment, in our own nourishment. They were saying borei mi name is onot for everything. Even like Hala, they didn't quite get mozi. But today, this evening, just before I was here, I was at home, and George was able to say mozi. This is progress. Distinguishing between Hala and other baked goods that you might eat. This is Jewish learning. This is progress. Similarly, since the fall, our kids have been fond of taking basically any cylindrical object, holding it up to their lips, and going, Tikiya. <laughs> Not long ago, I was wearing a, like a running shirt with the Nike swoosh on it. George pointed to it and goes, shofar. <laughs> Everything's a shofar. Everything's a shofar. I was just talking to a couple, another ECC, ECC parents um, today. And they told a story about um, recording their kids in the aisles of a toy store. They had um, picked up some musical, a tambourine and a guitar, some musical instruments, and were singing the Good Morning Boker Tov song that our kids know so well from the ECC. I share all of this because it occurs to me that we're raising a generation who sees the world through Jewish eyes, through a Jewish lens. Everything to them is Jewish. In fact, there's no distinction between Jewish and secular or everything else. The world is by definition Jewish. In recent Torah portions, we've come out of Egypt and we've begun our life as a free people in the desert. And the very first thing we're told to do as a people at that stage is, to, is saying, okay, it's time to observe Shabbat. You shouldn't work. You don't have to gather food. 
And what do we do? This task that we're given, we totally fail. We completely fail. Even on the very first Shabbat, we're out there doing work, we're gathering food when God just told Moses just told us not to. We've lived that point our entire lives without a Jewish lens, and of course it's imprinted upon us, or it's, or it's uh, not imprinted upon us, it's, it's forced upon us. And it's really hard now to live a Jewish life when we haven't been doing it before. But thank God, these little ones in our school, they're learning it from an early age. It's going to be imprinted upon them. I realized that I too went to a Jewish nursery school at a synagogue. Some of us did here. Those of us who went to a Jewish nursery school, we learned the same thing. Maybe we didn't learn Boremi name is Onot at that age. I certainly did not. I can tell you that. I don't think I was running around the house pretending things were shofars. But I learned about Shabbat, loved it, celebrated it. Those of you who've grown up, who grew up in, I'll call it, observant Jewish homes, whether Reform, conservative, orthodox, it could be observant at any level, maybe you did the same. And then somehow, we go out into the world and we lose this lens. We're taught to see the world through secular, humanistic, Western eyes, perhaps. Perhaps through the eyes of our chosen profession, if you're not a rabbi. Right? Through the, eye of the eyes of the law or medicine or architecture or whatever other field you may be in. Business, science, programming, whatever it might be. And then we spend the rest of our adult lives somehow, as engaged Jews, trying to recapture that lens, trying to somehow see everything as a shofar, to see everything with the proper blessing attached to it as a miracle of God and of human beings together. Earlier today, we celebrated a wedding here on our bima. Some of you have gotten married here on our bima. This was a couple um, who've been together for quite a while. They have two kids, young kids, also in our nursery school. And they came to me a few weeks ago and said, we'd actually now like to get married. And I said, you're not married? <laughs> Everybody thought they were married. No, we never actually got married. Not civilly and not Jewishly, we never actually got married, but now it's the time. We want to do it. Great. We had a beautiful ceremony with their parents on the bima and their little kids on the bima and a few, not a large crowd, but a few family and friends here. After the ceremony, the bride said, you know, it was these Jewish rituals and these Jewish words that sealed something important for us. He said, I don't think I could have said that or realized that beforehand. But now that we've gone through this and done it and done it with such joy and beauty, I know there was something magical in those words and those rites that we performed. The wedding aroused something in them, something that had been imprinted early on that I would suggest is imprinted on all of us. Perhaps we live our entire Jewish lives trying to recover that unabashed, imprinted Jewish lens 
that we can give our youngest ones. For those of us who grew up in Israel or have lived in Israel, everything is like that. Everything is like it is for our little kids. Everything is with a Jewish lens. In fact, there is no lens. Everything is Jewish, period. There's no lens. You don't need contact lenses or glasses in Israel to see everything as Jewish. It just is, automatically. It's one of the magical aspects of the Jewish state. But here, we need a little help. Here in this country, we need a little help to see everything as a blessing, to see shofars all around us. So my wish for us on this Shabbat is that we may be able to place that lens in front of our eyes a little bit more often and not just see Jewish and be Jewish and do Jewish sometimes, but really to wear those lenses as I wear my contact lenses, as you wear your glasses, as a necessary, essential way of viewing the world, a way of not just viewing the world, but being in the world, acting in the world, embracing the world. May it be so for all of us. Kenyi Hiratzel.